What's up, what's up? Welcome to Corandel Podcast. This is Danny Ramos. And this is Luis Munoz. And this is one of our probably bonus episodes or mm -hmm. I don't know what number episode. Sorry, <laughs> guys. It's difficult to keep track with them when, when we've been out yeah. and about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever episode it is, you're listening to it. So yep. thank you. Um, I know I, I, I'm for sure. I for sure know that is not an exposition episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can tell you that if it so, is, we're both in for a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a free topic. Um, and Louis and I were talking about what to talk mm -hmm. and we both agree to talk about worship. Yeah. Um, because if you guys don't know my brother here in front of me, mm. he leads worship every once in a while or consistently in his <laughs> church and, and sing he, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's out and about also in other churches when they need, um, assistance, they, they, they reach out to Louis mm. and Louis and Louis receives the call and goes yeah. in and assist <laughs> any way that I can. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, what worship is and, what you know how worship looks like um so worship is an expression of reverence and adoration mm. of god yes yeah cool 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 so we're gonna talk about uh one two three four five um aspects i think or mm. forms of uh worship And those are uh, confession, lament, praise of God, thanksgiving, and adoration. And we're going to see how that takes place, right? And at least in our, you know, in our context and yeah. in, our, in our lives as we do um, ministry in our respective churches. Um, so, And the way, I would say too, I would add the way the church I serve at worships is vastly different than the way your church worships yeah um yeah and it looks yeah it looks incredibly different but they're both worship yep yeah so so let's start with confession um and here i'm i'm i'm, I'm taking all of this from the lexham Lex, lexham i hope i said that right lexham uh theological workbook mm. uh confession is a form of worship Recognizing, recognizing that people are sinners who stand in need of God's grace. Go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What, at my church, we do a um, words of confession and words of assurance every week. So as a as a group, we um, we hear a, a verse of confession, um, and then. We respond to it, right? We respond to it by silent prayers of confession, and I think that's something that reminds us in the off in the in the forefront that, and we do it. I would say we do it early on, right? Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with the way we ought to live our life too, uh, in ways of worship. Yeah. Um, if we're not daily confessing sin. Um, Yeah, I love what Martin Luther said. He said that um, 
the Christian life is a life of repentance. Mm. And that's at the forefront of what we are. We are, re we are creatures of repentance. If we're not repenting day by day, then we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, and now I know that in your church, um, you guys do liturgy. Yeah. Right? So you guys are adamant, if I can use that word, <laughs> mm -hmm. in or purposefully, pur purposefully, in having a, a a time of confession in the yeah in the in your worship, right? And I, I think it's like either the pastor or one of your uh, one of the leaders goes up there and 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 leads the church in a time of like um, confession. Yeah. Um, and I think they also explain what, what it is or what they mean by it. Um, basically what you just kind of like yeah. uh, said. Um, could this, could, I guess my question for you is, because I know you've been to other churches. Um, could this happen in, in other churches that don't do liturgy, but you you louis who you're you're used to the set the right the the organization of your worship mm -hmm. service with the liturgy so you know when confession comes in you know how it looks like you know how it sounds like because could could this happen this context of confession happens in other churches without the without them being organized in a liturgy right service mm -hmm. but you can still know like hey that that's confession people may not know it yeah. but what they're doing right now it's 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 what we practice in our reform context, your reform context, um, as confession. Yeah. And time of service. I think individually, uh, I pray that people are being convicted of sin as the service goes on. Um, and in those moments that when they're convicted of sin, they're repenting of that sin, like at the moment. Um, but I think, and that's, I mean, that's tough to gauge, right? Because I can't, I don't know what's going in your mind when you're worshiping, right? Yeah. I only know what's going on in my mind and my heart. But um, I think that, especially churches that don't um, have liturgy, um, like a liturgical uh, structure in yeah. their worship, yeah. Um, I think the time of confession, that's when it falls heavily on the worship leader. Um, not so much saying, okay, we're going, we're going to say a silent prayer of confession now, right? You don't have to do that. But what you should do is you should pick a song that speaks heavily on sin, right? Um, a song that I'm thinking of is um, Shane and Shane's um, Psalm album, right? Psalm 51. Um, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that is telling you right away, like this is... That's actually the song that I have pulled up right now. <laughs> yeah. And like, like if I think one song should always be triggered towards that. Like we need a song that not only convicts us of our sin yeah. and puts our sin at the forefront, but also reminds us of the assurance that we have in God. Right. Uh, and that song is perfect. I love that song. Uh, when actually, whenever I go visit a church that does not do liturgy, um, I usually try to put that song in the, in the worship list because that chorus, right? Creating me a clean heart. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. And actually I like how the Psalm also begins. Like it begins, have mercy on me. Yeah. Oh God, according to your steadfast 
love. Yeah. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. And I and like, yeah. I, I think I just think it's beautiful. Like, I. Like you said, my the way worship or like the way the worship service is structured in my church is is sun. You know, every Sunday is different from how it's structured in your yeah. um, context. Um, I'm gonna confess something right here. This might get me in trouble or not. Like <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate more the context of your you know how your worship service is structured than you know mine, um, and I think that's because I, I just I. I feel more drawn into that type of organ organization and you know that liturgy structure of the of the yeah. service. Um, I didn't grow up with that, so I think that's why. Like it, it's something new for me, right? Um, and that that being per being purposeful with some of these things, um, man. Like throughout the service, they because because you guys are being purposefully with with it makes me think, right? It makes me actually. Uh, um, um, ponder and and what we're doing at that time when it's confession, confession, when it's lament, lament, when it's praise of God, praise of God, thanksgiving, thanksgiving, adoration, adoration, right? And before we continue, so because this is probably one of, one of the things that we want to do, I think, is break with the stigma of like, is that is that is that is that right? Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> break with the stigma of like worship is only singing or yeah. or playing an instrument on a Sunday service, right? Um, and we can both agree that it's more than just that. Like, like there's a space for that. Yeah. But it's more than that. Um, and, and, and this is what we have in this conversation. Um, so cool confession. Um, how about we move to lament? Yeah. Uh, lament is a type of worship that recognizes the distance between the world as experience and that it should be given God's goodness, power, and love. It is a request for God to complete his project of making all things new. Mm. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, the... So it's it's funny because as, um, as you were like setting out all of the... Uh, what are they? Five elements yeah. of worship. Um, all five of those are in liturgical worship. So, like, are they? Are they? Are they also? Are they also structured like that? Um, like in that, like in that order, or could it could it you know vary? The order varies. Okay. Um, so, like with lament, um, we don't do this every week, but there's something we do called prayers of the people, where someone comes up and prays prayers. Um, and they pray for three strands, right? Prayers for, um, for our church, prayers for our city, prayers for our world. And all three of those prayers, um, you know, some of them are joyous if we're praying for our church and, you know, new life. We had a member in our church, uh, a few days ago, um, a family, uh, had a baby, right? Yeah. So we rejoice that time. But there are other times when a family is diagnosed with cancer yeah. and we lament those things. Uh, yeah. We lament our city uh, being riddled with violence, yeah. right? We lament our world when there's a mass shooting or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and now, 
question before before we keep going into it um and let me say too confession is a is a moment of lament as well right yeah lamenting our sin yeah yeah so there's there's overlap all the time but we we do i think we do agree in the fact that um lament is not the same as grumbling Mm -mm. so and i think that's something that you know we should probably like clarify yeah um because I don't think everybody sees it that way, right? Um, and it could be easily confused with um, regret or mm-hmm. or or grumbling, and 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 that's not what we mean. And I don't think that's what the scriptures mean when we when they talk about it. And I don't think that's what we see also like in, in most of the Psalms when they. I'm thinking about Psalms 44. Um, that is is titled "Come to Our Help." Um, and it starts by, um, oh God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you perform in their days. In the days of old, you with your own hand drove out the nations, but then, but, uh, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arms save them, but your right hand and your arm, and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordain salvation for Jacob. And it keeps going, right? You can go up to um, verse 26. Um, but the psalm is not a complaint. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more like a, it's more like a, hear me oh god like i I don't understand help me understand um um come to my rescue kind of kind of like you know um Mm. um words here and not like why are you doing this to me you know i i I regret following you actually the question what what are you why why is this happening or why are you doing this to me can be part of lament Mm -hmm. uh, um um if we're seeking to understand, but not in a grumbling aspect of it. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an aspect of, of, of our worship as well, right? Like like um, coming to the Lord, seeking to understand why, even if yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> we, do, we still live with not understanding, but trusting that the Lord is sovereign over our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of, of the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin, uh, where that parable begins with the tax collectors and sinners drawing near to Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbling, yeah. saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is just as you pointed to like your own prayers of, um, you know, con- like confession or forgiveness, like... Um, Sometimes it's hard to gauge your own self, right? To see if whether you're um, if you're praying and lamenting over your sins or grumbling over your sins. And it's tough because it's tough to gauge your own self, right? But I think what makes it easier is when you... For myself, what I try to look at is I say, okay, am, how do I respond to other people's sin? Yeah. Right? Am I grumbling over other people's sin or am I lamenting over the sins of others? Yeah. Um, and lament, what lament does is it leads forth to that 
pursuit of the lost sheep, right? That Jesus says, right? There was a shepherd that had a hundred sheep and one went astray, right? And kind of like a madman, he goes looks for that one sheep, right? Or the woman with the 10 coins and she loses one and says, I need to find this lost coin. Um, it's this lament over over the lost, right? Like there, like it's the Charles Spurgeon quote that we shared in our first podcast, right? Of the, the talking about predestined before the foundation of the world. And, and if there was a, a mark on the back of people, yeah, like yeah. he would go around like a crazy person, like just lifting the shirts yeah. to see the mark and then share the gospel with them. Uh, in that same sense, that's the lament that we ought to have for others sins, right? Like, just yearning to say, I want them to come to Christ. I want them to know that there's forgiveness of sins. Because if we can see that of how we treat others, then that also can help us say, is that how I lament my own sin? Yeah. Or do I grumble? Or do I... Um, because even too, yeah. a form of complaint is, well, I think God is just upset with me, so whatever. Like, that's not a lament. A lament is... God, I have broken your commands. I need you to forgive me. Like I have, uh, I lament over what, what I've done. Like the Psalms are filled with prayers of lament. Yeah. And Just, I like that you, you touch on that aspect of like, how we, do we, you know, do we lament, lament our sin in, yeah. in such a way? So not only the situations that happen in our lives that we don't understand or like the sickness or the uh, persecution or, you know, whatever, but also like the aspect of like, do we lament, you know, um, when we sin, you know, and and in such a way that 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 leads to repentance, you know. Mm. Um, it's and I think like a difference of that is, um, we see like in, in Exodus chapter sixteen and verse two. Uh, when it says that and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumble against Moses mm -hmm. <laughs> and Aaron in the wilderness. And we, we, as we read through that and through right through the, at least through that narrative of the, the, the story of the people of Israel, they're grumbling yep. of their situation. I have better watermelons in <laughs> Egypt <laughs> and onions on a menu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you brought us out here to die and all yeah. that stuff, right? Like you can, we can actually, we can read and and actually see that these people are not lamenting and seeking to understand why they're just grumbling and complaining against the God who just delivered them from slavery yeah. and, and, and against the God that, and, and sorry, and against um, the people that God has set before them as, as leaders. Right. And, I think for us today, it helps uh, for us to to see those things in Scripture, so that we may have clear um, understandings of of like, hey, don't confuse one with the other, right? Um, um, we are encouraged to worship even through lament, mm -hmm. but we're not encouraged to worship <laughs> through complaint and grumbling. Yeah, those are two different things, and 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 one is welcome with open arms and the other one is going to be <laughs> chastised 
yeah. with with the with with a strong rod um man that was a little bit legalistic <laughs> <of me. laughs> but yeah but um i think it's important that that we don't miss out on understanding that because i don't think i don't think this lament is something that i don't think it's something that's highlighted enough or talked about enough in church settings yeah um and 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 people will benefit from actually from it because i think there's a lot of people that that are afraid to even tell god like god i i like i don't understand i i'm 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 weak help me in this area because they think that you know god doesn't want to hear those things and i think one of the one of the most beautiful things about how god loves us is that he he does wants to hear us uh say hey i don't understand but i come to you because you are god over my life mm. help me it's like that that um that um part in the the gospels um um lord i i i believe yeah help my unbelief <laughs> Mm-hmm. right um so yeah yeah and i think lamentation is something because if you're worshiping and you have and your heart is burdened um odds are you're not going to be lifting your hands and you know shouting for joy like uh like we sing a song at our church every praise right every praise Ooh. be to our god <laughs> And in that same sense, when we sing that, if you have, if you're in a season of lament, there's not a lot of you that wants to sing that song. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of Psalm 42, right? And you know what? People, when people don't do that, they're in sin. They should be lifting their <laughs> arms and when people are singing. He's joking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I um, am. I am. <laughs> like Psalm 42, right? Um as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. But uh, and then verse two, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse three. I have never seen in verse three. I have, I am lucky to have never felt this before in my life. But can you imagine that? My tears have been my food, day and night, while they say to me all the day long. Where is your God? Man, I, it's, I've, re, I've read this psalm before, but now I'm actually like, the thought is yeah. <laughs> striking me that like, I've never, I've, I've, I've never experienced this type of, of, of lament. Yeah. And so for, so I say that because like, um, but that doesn't mean that there's, there's, there's not people in our lives, right. That haven't experienced this. Yeah. And there's, and that's something that I've had to understand for so long. Like, like you mentioned in the beginning, I have the privilege, privilege of worshiping and serving other churches with, with other churches. And, um, for so long in my kind of in the arrogance of my youth, I would go to a service and depending on how the people responded, that's how I would say, Oh, that was a good service or not. Right. The people were raising their hands and shouting and singing along with me. Man, that was a great service. Since then, though, 
God has really been, I guess, showing me verses like this and bringing them to my mind and the forefront that just because someone isn't singing or shouting or raising their hands or doing things like that doesn't mean that the spirit is not moving in their heart. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in most cases, um, I think looking at it, it could even be that it is those people that are not singing, that are not lifting their hands, that are that are just meditating on the words where God is really meeting with with like in their hearts and really the spirit is really convicting them of the sin that we're singing of or or the praise that we're praying that we're singing, um, because even in that, right, we can sing a song like every praise. Right. And if you don't feel that in that moment, then what what I could imagine someone going through lament is telling themselves is verse five of chapter 42. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So I think it's important to look at that, that we worship. Not only do we does is our worship service filled with different ways of praise and different ways of worship. Um, but our worship services are made up of people that are praising God in different places in life. And God meets each of us where we're at. Right. Whether we're on the mountaintop using something that a lot of Pentecostal pastors love to talk about, whether we're in the mountaintop or in the valley, God is there with us. Um, and that gives us great hope and it should. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. So we move to, um, from lament to praise of God. Mm. Um, praise of God can be in response to his character or his saving acts. Um, the scripture that you know that brings forth for me is uh, Exodus chapter fifteen, the song of Moses. Mm. Um, then Moses and the people of Israel sang to uh, sang this song to the Lord, saying, "I will sing to the Lord, for He has uh, triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider, He has thrown into the sea." The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God. I will I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. I want to finish there. <laughs> Verse mm. 3. <laughs> um, yeah, Louis. So praise of God. We already covered confession, lament. Now praise of praise of God. Yeah, the the verse that reminds me of that is Mary going to visit Martha, and both women are pregnant, right? Uh huh. And is it Martha Elizabeth? Uh huh. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and they're both pregnant. And the first thing we see is we hear the very first person that realizes who Jesus is. Um, is John the Baptist, right? Leaping in the womb <laughs> for joy. <laughs> um, but in that same um, vein, what ends up, what does Mary do? She sings, right? Yeah. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Yeah. Um, and 
she says too, um, blessed are you among women, right? Like it's this thing where the praise of God, where all aspects of worship, whether we're in, you know, singing songs of praise or even the, the sermon, every, every inch of your worship service, yeah. whether at a church or at home should be praise unto God that God is so great. So he is the only one that is magnified. Yeah. Yeah. I like how it's defined here too. You know, it's a response to his character. Cause mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, it, it summaries what you just said too. Like, um, man, it, it, this should cover, um, because God is who he is. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that will not change. This should cover it, man. Every aspect of our, of our lives, like, yeah. um, we should be praising God in every aspect of our life because of whom He is, and we're able to see that in every aspect of our lives. Um, and then that's why I think that the next one, Thanksgiving and praise of God, I, I in my opinion, like, for some reason, I, I, I read both of them, and I, and I see that they. I mean, all of these, I think they go hand in hand in one way or, or another. You know, confession, lament, praise praise of God, thanksgiving, uh, and adoration. But praise of God and thanksgiving, um, I see them like walking down <laughs> down the path, a path mm-hmm. you know, holding hands together. Because <laughs> um, uh, one, um, praise of God can be in response of his character or his, or, or his saving acts. And then thanksgiving, uh, functions as a means of showing gratitude for what God has done, mm. and that's why I say like, like they complement, they they complement each other, right? Yeah. Um, and they are both. Uh, I think these are th- this these two are the the ones that <coughs> um are predominantly seen in <laughs> in our worship services, yeah. um, at least in a Sunday ga- gathering, right? Um, so I think that's why it's, it's more easy for me to see these, right. <laughs> Walking, um, hand on hand. Um, but yeah. Do you guys do, um, a moment in your worship service where you greet one another? Yes. Yeah, we do. It's usually afterward, like we're done, like, um, before the sermon. So we do worship, um, greeting one another and then, you know, I have the sermon. Yeah. So I don't think that's how you guys do it though, right? Um, we do it after confession of and, sin. And then there's another song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um as a response to the gospel. So like as a response to the good news. Yeah. So that's why I mention it with Thanksgiving, like if we're moving on to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because like if we do that, it's being <sighs> thankful for like we'll say too, in light of those words of assurance, let's pass the peace that we yeah, find in Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that is so, like you said, those two things predominantly we see in, oh, I think we can go to any church and see that and see at it. least. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is adoration. It mm. involves contemplating and lauding God for who he is. Um, yeah. I just, whenever I hear the word adoration, I think of 
speaking of John the Baptist, um, looking at Jesus walking to, and this always, I don't know why it always does something for me. Like <laughs> if I was, uh, if I was in my charismatic roots, it was, it like hits me in the soul. Um, when Jesus, when, uh, John the Baptist looks at Jesus and the words he says, behold, uh, and that word lamb of God. Yeah. Behold the lamb of God. Yeah. Look upon the lamb of God. Like that's how now looking back, as I mentioned before, like if before I used to look at the success of a worship service, like if I was planning it or doing something like that, the success of a worship service is how people respond. Uh But now I look at it and realize, no, the success of a worship service is have they beheld the lamb of God? Um, Have they come to adore him? Yeah. Um, and that's in everything, right? Whether I'm singing a song after every song has this song articulated, you know, beholding the lamb of God, um, in a sermon that I preach, have I, have I given the people very little doubt to say either Jesus is who he says he is or, or he is not right. Well, do they, do they adore him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, John Piper, when he prays, he says something in his, uh, I noticed he says something in most of his prayers that I take and say in, in all of my prayers whenever I pray is stir up my affections for the sun. Yeah. Like that's beholding the Lamb of God. That's adoring him. I think he took that from Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. We're all so. taking it from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the thing that as we look at adoration, it's exactly what it is. Um, it's beholding the Lamb of God to a place where it's like he is who he says he is. And without him, I am in a horrible place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. So those are the five um, aspects of worship Yeah. that we want to talk about. Confession, lament, praise of God, thanksgiving, and adoration. Um, one last thing. Uh, worship brings about the entirety of one's life lived in obedience to God. Mm. Um, every act of obedience to Christ, no matter how mundane, when done to His glory, is an act of worship. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, guys, right? And, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through mm. Him. Now, careful. I'm not saying go to the corner. <laughs> Sell some, uh, sell some illegal uh, drugs, and yeah. say, "I'm doing this for the glory of Jesus." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> because, brother, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, I think what I think what, what Paul is is saying that um, how we live our lives under the authority of Christ, right? So, because we are in Christ, whether we eat, whether we uh, talk with one another, whether we uh, uh, um, go to the movies, <laughs> whether however that looks like, under living under the authority of Christ, uh, we should do all these things for the glory of the Lord. When we do these things um, under the authority of Christ, thinking uh, of how is this going to bring glory to God, we will be careful. And not doing things or doing things 
that we know that at the end will not bring glory to God. Mm. So whatever you, whatever you do, brother, make sure you're doing it to bring glory to God yeah. while you're doing it. Um, so this worship will find its consummation. This is beautiful. When people from every tribe, tongue, and nation join with the rest of creation in adoration before the throne of Lamb. And I mm. like that because that, I think that, 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 that's good to finish it there. It connects it to what you were saying about uh, when John the Baptist says, Behold, the mm. Lamb of God. And I think we are going to have that behold moment, right? When all of this uh, um, um, finds its final consummation. When we are before the throne of God and we behold the Lamb of God. And we're yeah. going to be like, Behold, <laughs> the Lamb of God. Yeah. And, and 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 that will be the best moment of adoration that we could experience yeah uh, for the rest of eternity yeah one of one of the things that have stuck with me for so long is the last um sermon that uh, dr martin luther king jr gave have you ever heard it uh-uh. um it's called uh i think it's called the mountaintop or something like that um and as he preaches, um, he shares things like, you know, um, we have some rough times coming ahead, right? He's talking to the people in the congregation. We have rough times. There are crazy things that are coming in our distance. And he says, and friends, and it's, it's weird that he would say this. He said, friends, um, longevity has its place. He said, I would love to live a long life. But then he looks at the crowd and he says, but that doesn't matter for me now because I am content in all things, right? He takes that language from Paul. And then he says, for my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord, right? And I think he articulates something that regardless of what you think of his theology or anything like that, and that's maybe something we can talk about, about the theology of our heroes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Regardless of what you think of that, exactly what you just said, one day, um, borrowing the language from Paul, what we see dimly, yeah. what we talk of dimly, our eyes are going to see and we're going to behold the face that has saved us. Um, and we're going to see, wow, behold the Lamb of God. Yeah, yeah. The only one qualified to... Now, I love that um, uh, Revelation 5, right? Who is worthy to open the scroll? Yeah. And I love that. No one under the earth, no one in heaven, no one on the earth was worthy. But behold a lamb, a lamb as if from the slaughter was worthy to open the yeah. scroll. Yeah. And everyone praised and rejoiced. That's adoration. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But you know what, Louis? You know, um, something that helps me to <laughs> get into adoration um, man, it's mm. street lights. Mm. Street lights. Uh, when I when I open that app and I listen to what, the word is that of God. like? Is that like a flashlight or something? Is it? No, man. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Download the app already. <laughs> get 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 with it. Get with mm. the program, Louis. <laughs> uh, it's a Bible app, um, and you can listen to the word. So they narrate. They they narrate scripture. Uh, they have really cool uh, uh um background music and you can mm -hmm. just listen to the word 
when and uh i get into adoration mode when i mm. <laughs> when i open uh, street lights <laughs> so go ahead guys download download street lights um uh it's in your app store or your google play uh you are not gonna regret it mm. you're not gonna lament over it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, this is Danny and Louie, and we will see you guys next week. See you.